Hello and welcome to the My RV Ninja podcast. I'm your host, James Upham, your lead RV ninja who helps you karate chop your way into the RV lifestyle. It is my belief that everyone who buys RVs should be empowered with all the tools necessary to receive a great price and a great experience. This show provides tips for the RV lifestyle and reveals how RV research, education, and experience can help you buy or sell RVs without being taken advantage of. The most important things in life are relationships, and RVs really can be relationship investments. If you enjoyed today's show, you can find out more at MyRVNinja.com. Hey everybody, James here. Listen, on this episode today, it's a long one, but I think it'll be well worth your time. I interview a good friend of mine who's an attorney here in the state of North Carolina, and he walks us through his 30 years of experience and what he's seen in personal injury crashes and accidents. And I think it's extremely applicable to the RV industry because a lot of people will go and buy an RV and they'll not consider things such as gap insurance or um, being underinsured later on uh, as they own their RV. So there's a lot of really, really good information. I hope you find it um, helpful, entertaining, uh, and most importantly, that you can walk away from the podcast being empowered and have a better uh, understanding as to some of the things that you may or may not have even considered when it comes to buying an RV and living the RV lifestyle. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If there's anything I could do for you, please don't feel, please, I always have trouble with this. Please don't hesitate and feel free to reach out to me at james at myrvbroker.com or 910-264-4455. Take care and enjoy the show. Welcome to the My RV Ninja podcast. I'm your lead ninja, karate chopping the BS out of the RV buying experience. I have, I hope you're sitting down because I've got a good friend uh, and, and somebody who I've had such tremendous respect for uh, in the past. In the past, he's helped me. Uh, we've done all kinds of, of, we've had many adventures together, let's put it that way, but someone who I thought could uh, speak to uh, an, an interesting subject that he actually brought up when we talked earlier today. So, Without any further ado, I'll introduce my good friend, Tom Goolsby, to the show. Tom, are you there? I'm here, James, and I remember you helping me originally when, before I was in the Senate here in North Carolina. You actually helped me campaign for attorney general back in the day, and I always wow. wished we had an RV while we were driving my, I think it was my BMW X5. We were driving that around the state, oh, and man. we talked about the need for an RV and how I wanted the attorney general RV. Um, never got that wish. Uh, I forgot about, you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't because I don't think we would have showed up to half of the campaign events. We would have just no, it was hard enough. It was hard enough showing up to the, but you know, places like Lexington, North Carolina, where they have the best barbecue in oh. the world. We always managed to make it to those. Yes, we did. Boy, that was a good time. I'm glad you brought me back down memory lane there. That was so much fun, man. And, and I do remember having those conversations as we were driving around thinking, this would be so nice for me to just kind of, chauffeur you around and I loved the driving of the RV and had experience with it and you could just sit back and you know buckle up and then get all your work done and ah oh, yeah maybe yes you do that again Tom maybe there's something well, there. I don't know maybe maybe we can and for some of your listeners who are interested in running for political office let me tell you there is nothing better nothing more fun 
than campaigning in your own RV that you've had wrapped for your campaign. Amen. And of course, a lot of that, I'm not going to give you tax advice, but you can sure talk about how you can write those things off. Uh, but, but James, a lot of important stuff to talk about today, sort of the secrets to making sure you don't get screwed when you buy your RV in case the worst happens. Yeah. And before, that is, yeah, that's, that's what I'm go, worried about. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Say before you go any further, I, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of tell our listeners what it is that you do. Um, okay. You mentioned earlier that you were in the Senate. You were our, our uh, state senator here in Wilmington, North Carolina. I believe that's, is it District 7 or District 9? I always get those confused. Number 9, Number District 9. nine. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking here. Just, just tell our, our listeners a little bit more about what you do, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Sure. Well, uh, a large part of my law practice, I've been practicing this next year. It'll be 30 years that I've been practicing law. I can't believe that. Uh, but I have a large part of my practice is personal injury law. And I'm very cognizant when people come into my office, the worst has happened. Sometimes it's their fault. Most of the time, it's not their fault. They get hit by a drunk driver. They have some clown that's tailgating them and hits them when they have to stop. Any number of things happen. We have a big interstate that comes here into Wilmington, so we can have some really bad crashes around here. I've dealt with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the ugliest things that I run into, James, are when people are underinsured. That means that you don't have adequate insurance, whether you are at fault or not. You just don't have enough to pay the bills and you end up having critical losses. And that's sort of what I wanted to focus my comments on. Yes. Um, Tom, we, we were talking earlier and one of the comments that uh, as we were talking, I said, man, I got to get you. Thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are. I said, man, we got to get you on the podcast to talk about this because this is very valuable information. When, when, when an RVer, I mean, we can we can apply the same scenario when you're buying a car. Uh, a it's it's a different animal, but it is a motorized vehicle. In this case, let's talk about the a motorhome. Uh, it is it, it is you're you're going to have similar similarities. Um, when it comes to needing insurance, and you mentioned uh, earlier to me the gap scenario, and I said, Tom, this is so good, you got to come on the show because this is something most people don't think about. Because when we think gap, it's usually when you're buying a car, and um, and it's something that goes along with when you're financing, where a lot of people are actually buying and using their own capital uh, or self-insuring when it comes to RVs. I think the last thing that they're thinking about. Or, you know, maybe a bad experience from a car dealer who has tried to sell them gap insurance when they maybe did not need it. I, the, the point I'm trying to make is the last thing that's on people's minds, in my opinion, uh, that I've heard about anyway, is this thing called gap insurance. And you set up a scenario earlier about maybe if there's a drunk driver that comes and hits you. I'm going to let you speak on that if you, if you don't mind and, and talk about the need as to why gap insurance might be something that an RVer should consider. Sure. Let me first tell you, I come to this as a personal injury attorney, not as an insurance salesman. I have no interest in any insurance company. I, I don't have an insurance company to refer you to, but I will tell you this, that gap insurance is the gap between what you paid for the vehicle and what it's worth when it's destroyed or seriously damaged. Mm. Now, here's the problem that you run into. Say you go and James finds you the most wonderful RV in the world, 
and you go and pay, we'll just, James, come up with a figure, $100,000. 100000 you, you pay $100,000 for an RV. You have the cash. You've been saving it a long time. You don't want to finance anything. You just pay the money down or you finance it. Either way, mm -hmm. the vehicle is worth $100,000 when you pull it off the lot. James delivers it to you, however you get it. And then say it's winter time. You're waiting for the spring and you're going to take that baby out. You're going to work from your RV. You're going to travel down the Florida coast or out to California, see your relatives along the way. All that's planned. Sits in your garage a couple of months. Maybe you take it out a couple of times to learn how to work it and plug it in and do all the things you need to do. You, you, get, it, you get it through its trials and you're ready to go on the big trip. Yeah. You take off, you're halfway to California, and yeah, the worst happens. You fall asleep at the wheel, God forbid. A drunk driver hits you. Regardless, your vehicle is destroyed. Here's what the insurance company, even if you're fully insured, that's what I want to tell you. Even if you're fully insured, full insurance means the insurance company pays you of the value of the vehicle when it's destroyed. Mm. I have people call me about this all the time with automobiles, the same thing. You've got a car you've kept in fabulous shape and it's destroyed. It's worth a whole lot more than what they're telling me it's worth. It is worth what it is worth, okay? Mm. It's worth its value as a used vehicle at the time of the collision. Now, maybe the RV has lost, I don't know. You know, this, this may be a year or so down the road. Maybe you've put a lot of miles on it, but it's lost, we'll say, $25,000 worth of its value. Mm. Now, what happens when that vehicle is destroyed? If you don't have gap insurance, guess what happens? The insurance company comes in and pays you the value of the vehicle. You're like, wait a minute, I paid $100,000 for this. You're only paying me 75000 I was going to drive this thing till the wheels came off of it. I wasn't about to trade it. I didn't want to trade it. What do you mean $75,000? Yeah. That's what we mean. That's all we have to pay you is the value of the vehicle. But I didn't pay seventy five. I paid 100000 I want my hundred. There will not be a court in North Carolina, I can tell you. And I can't, I'm, I'm not licensed to practice in other states, but I know the general principles. Yeah. Of, of insurance, they're going to pay you the value of the vehicle. That's all they have to pay. You know, now what if you went out and didn't have James and you were just a full blown idiot and you paid 150,000 instead of a hundred thousand. Okay. Which is happening. And it's destroyed. Well, RP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know what happens? They don't say, Oh, I'm sorry, idiot. You paid 150000 It's worth seventy five. We're going to pin you a check for $150,000. Think that through. Do you think the world works the only idiot principle? No. It says you're a damn idiot. Get on down the road. Here's your, here's your $75,000. See you later, Buster. So well, what do you do? So Tom, what do you do? To, yeah. to, to, to actually, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing so hard. I'm, I'm stuttering my yeah. words there. I like the idiot principle. I got to write that down. Um, don't, don't be an idiot. Um, well, the, well, the world doesn't work on that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let's say that you financed $100,000. Most dealerships will require a, a down payment. Most lenders, I should say, and they use the big ones. Uh, the dealers will use the big ones. Some, some, some smaller ones, but most of them will require a minimum of 10% down. So if we do the math in your scenario, you got 100,000, yep. you put down 10, you're financing 90,000. Yep. In your scenario, we back it up. 
you've got you've got seventy five thousand dollars that is now being paid to you from the insurance company. So yep. now there's this gap, and that's what you're yep. referring to. There's this fifteen thousand, right? Um, that we've got, or whatever the figure is, if it's 15, 20, 20, whatever that amount, even if it's 5,000, <clears> what ends up happening is you, you are, you are responsible for, to make another check. So, so that, so the lender's going to come back to you and say, is not going to come back to you and say, don't worry about it. We'll cover the cost in between. Uh, they're no. going to say, where's my money? And here's where's my money. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, don't, don't give up on your own 10,000 you put down either, you know, check and see when you're negotiating your, your gap policy, how much gap insurance do you want to buy? Do you want to cover all the way up to the 100 that you paid? And again, gap insurance is only for a certain period of time because after, you know, the, the vehicle will depreciate. Mm -hmm. This just gets you through that initial depreciation period. And that is what a good insurance agent, and James, you might have somebody to refer folks to I at do. least call and get some consultation to. Yeah. I have no, I, I don't have any dealings with, I mean, I'm the one who comes in to clean up the mess at the back end. I don't have anything to do with the insurance. I don't know how all of that works. I just know that if you're buying a brand new vehicle, you need to make sure the gap is covered. Yes, and no, the gap uh, is covered for a reasonable period of time for a reasonable amount of money, unless unless you want to take that risk. Now that's right. fine. If you're like, man, I got plenty of money, hundred thousand dollars, you know, possibly losing fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. That's nothing to me. I don't care. Then don't buy it. Right. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to buy health insurance. You know, you can. You, there's a lot of insurances you don't have to buy. Right. Uh, you know, if you own your house free and clear, you don't have to have house insurance. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Now, they're mandated under state law that you have to have certain insurance policies on your vehicle uh, in most states. I'm, I know in North Carolina where I practice. But again, keep that in mind when it comes to gap insurance. Ask yeah. the questions. Make sure you have the coverage. Tom, I, I do. Thank you for that. I do. And I will tell our, remind our listeners that yes, I do have referrals uh, when it comes to RV insurance in general. Um, and what, what we end up, I, I think what happens, Tom, is that, you know, you know how it is. Uh, you know how many cars I've bought in the past. Uh, and you, you, you'll often call me and say, hey, man, this is what I'm looking for. Help me find one. And, and yeah. I've had so much experience when it comes to buying cars and you sit down and you know the scenario. This is what I this is what I try to take out for uh, our customers at my RV broker. I, I take out all of this junk where you sit down and you know and and the salesperson and the finance uh, the finance guys are the best man. They'll they'll lay out every possible die you know die hard scenario for you uh, and say this is all the ad extra add-ons and gap is always in there right especially if you're financing it through you know a lender some lenders. I don't know if it's a requirement, but I would tell you that it's very profitable and it's, it's pushed um, on to customers. And so what happens in the car industry and also in the RV industry, I think it's kind of overlooked. It's thought, well, this is just one more of those add-ons. I don't need it. Here's my payment and, and let's, let's go out and enjoy the RV. Now, I would say this, that if you're in a scenario where you did not purchase gap insurance, and it's and it's impossible or hard for you to find gap insurance as a standalone policy. If the RV is just a few years old, like what you're referring to, there are replacement cost policies out there that you can 
um, you can purchase if you have a good insurance agent that can bundle that for you. And it works very similarly, but you will be limited, uh, as you know, for the first couple years, like what you were saying. It's not, it's not something that uh, I think any insurance policy is going to write for you uh, when, you know, when, the, when the unit is 12 years old. But, but Tom, I, I'm so grateful that you're bringing these points up because when people call you, you used to say it best, um, no one likes attorneys until they need one. And that's, and, right. and that's and that's true, right? And so you come in to clean up the message you said, and so you've seen it over and over again. So this is a real thing, and this is a real consideration for people uh, that they that they gotta they gotta at least think about um, when it comes to a scenario like you presented. A absolutely, and so so again, ask the questions, uh, call James, and get a referral to to speak to a real insurance guy who's gonna give you the best advice. If you're buying a used vehicle, then of course, typically, that initial depreciation has already been absorbed. So mm -hmm. gap insurance may not be necessary at all. James is gonna find you the best deal on the new or the used vehicle, whatever it is you're, you're looking for. But just remember that you know new vehicles, it's like anything. I mean, it's going, the minute you drive it off the lot, it's going to lose X amount of value. So be cognizant of that. But wow. of course, what do you get? You get the great new smell. Nobody else has slept in your bed. <laughs> you know, brand new engine, brand new tires, brand new brakes, transmission, all that. But there is that initial loss of value. And, you know, you got to make sure that you don't get screwed in case and totally not your fault. Understand the scenario I'm giving you works either way. Your fault or not your fault, mm. your insurance company's only gonna pay you the value of the vehicle. Another party's insurance company's only gonna pay you the value. Nobody's gonna pay you more than it was worth at the time it crashed. So remember that. Tom, now, you're, you're, you're not gonna believe this, man. I, I don't know how, well, how up to date you are on, obviously you're, you, 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 you other than the scenario where we talked about having an RV, I know that you um, uh, you grew up uh, camping and and uh, you know you're very familiar with the lifestyle. But when you buy an RV within the first two years, uh, on average, now this year is kind of one of those oxymoron years. <laughs> it's just one of those idiot years, as you said. Um, but you know, typically the value of your brand new motorhome is going to drop uh, on average forty percent within the first couple years. Now think about that scenario where cars will drop value, but I mean, the moment you drive it and it's been titled where a dealer oh, yeah. could not sell it as anything but a used vehicle, that depreciation, whether it's two weeks old or whether it's two years old, you're going to find most of that depreciation comes out in the first couple of years. So yes, all the more reason why you need to make sure that you have enough coverage in case something were to happen to you or you were at fault. Um, so, gosh, man, I'm just so glad that we're talking about this because this is so often overlooked. Um, Tom, what, what else can, the, the other thought I had for you that I really wanted to, as an attorney, and I, I know you're not providing uh, legal advice here, but just, just some tips on um, if there is an accident, you know, uh, what, what are some, what is something that somebody should do first, you know, uh, when it comes to an RV accident? They're just like car accidents in that way. I mean, do you have any tips that you should or should not do? I do, and, and I want to come back to two other things for those who might be listening and not thinking that, you know, what we're about to talk about is not all that important. It is. We don't plan to get in accidents, but I'm also going to talk about underinsured, uninsured, and I'm going to talk about an umbrella coverage, making sure you have that. But yes, if you're in an accident, uh, just 
remember to report that accident as soon as possible. You do not have to say anything to anyone ever about anything. If you think you are at fault, there is no reason for you to admit fault. No reason at all. How does that Miranda warning go? Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Yep. So what you always need to say, particularly if you think you have some potential culpability, is I'm happy to cooperate, but I need to speak with my lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the smartest, best thing you can possibly say. Uh, you start trying to make excuses, scenarios, you name it. Uh, you know, you are, again, digging your own grave potentially. So best thing you can do. And again, I, I handle tickets for people all the time where they were not at fault. We're always happy to fight those kind of things. An, an officer is going to do what an officer is going to do. Typically, you're not talking them out of it. Mm. Uh, so best thing you can do, particularly if you think you have any culpability. Now, if it's clear there's a drunk driver that hits you, this, that, and the other, uh, you know, that's one thing. But when it comes to intersection issues, your question about what you were doing, you were confused, whatever it is, you don't have to say anything to anybody. You can just say, I prefer to not make a statement at this time until I can talk to my lawyer. And typically the worst that's going to happen is you'll get a traffic ticket. Yeah. Then you can fight that. But guess what? If you admit liability to it and later find out it wasn't your fault, mm -hmm. that you misunderstood what was going on, you thought whatever was wrong, you're, you're, you're now behind the eight ball. All anybody's going to point to is, did you not tell the officer it was your fault? Did you not say this? Did you not say that? So the best thing is, and I'm not telling people to run from responsibility. I'm just saying, don't set yourself up to get hammered. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be a nail and stick out. Just be quiet. Yeah, and you, you don't have to say anything. You told me that years ago. You and I have been friends a long time, and, and I remember the first things that just advice that you gave me. Uh, it was so. James, good. I wouldn't have half the cases yeah. I have. I also practice yeah. a, a good bit of criminal law, so I'm about half and half personal injury and criminal. And I can tell you that I would not have most of the cases I have traffic, criminal, you name it, but for the fact that people open their mouths. <laughs> they open their mouths and mouth. they admit to things. And the next thing you know, and again, here's the other scenario. You know, you, you even say, you know, look, I didn't admit to that. I didn't tell. That's what the officer heard. Mm -hmm. And the fact was, because you said anything more than, I'm happy to cooperate, but I need to talk to my attorney. Oh, that makes me sound guilty. You know what it makes you sound like to a trained professional, like a law enforcement officer, that you are anything but an idiot. Right. That you are anything but a very intelligent person who knows not to run his or her mouth. That's what it sounds like. Now, you know, for those who don't know what I know, well, that makes me sound like I'm a liar, like I'm a, no, it makes you sound like you're an intelligent person that is keeping his or her mouth shut until your lawyer speaks for you. If they want to give you a ticket, let them give you a ticket. Your lawyer can fight it later, but your lawyer can't fight what you said if you were a real dummy and ran your mouth and admitted liability to something that in the end you find out wasn't your fault. That's you right. did not understand. You thought you thought you didn't have the right of way when in fact you did. Yeah. Good point. So 
so keep, keep your, your mouth, mouth shut. shut. <laughs> that was the advice all those years ago. Keep your mouth shut. Here's um, another important thing, James. Get out and if there are witnesses around, run up to them. Put your phone on if, if just audio record or video record and try to, sir, who are you? What did you see? Can I get your name and telephone number? Anything. Mm. Because so many times I hear people, oh, I was hurt. You know, my car was damaged. My RV was torn up, whatever. <clears throat> you know, the guy who hit me is now saying it wasn't his fault. That's not what he said at the scene. Well, who are the witnesses? Well, there were several people there, but they're not on the accident report. Well, did you talk to them? I did. What did they look like? What were their names? What were their cell numbers? That's all I need is a name and a cell number. Yeah. You know, before people, they check, everybody okay? Anybody hurt? I saw it. It was that guy's fault. You know, are you okay? Yeah, we're fine. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I called 911 for you guys. Y'all take care. And they drive off. Before yeah. they drive off, Hey, man, what's your name? I'm Tom Goolsby. What's your number? 910-262-7401. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate it. It They leave. Yeah. Now you've got it. Yeah. The other thing is take pictures of the scene hmm. or stand there with your video camera and just walk in one big circle. And, and I'm talking a circle around the vehicles and then walk the other way, a circle facing out so that you get all the obstructions, everything around, all that. If you see people that come up and they're there and they're not being real forthcoming in who they are, what they saw, they don't want to necessarily give you their name, they just photograph their tag. There's any, so, so again, photograph, video, everything that you can do there at the scene, very important. Also, Make sure you take photographs of your injuries and your and any family members or friends' injuries, not just at the scene, but during the whole healing process. Because yeah. if it was someone else's fault, you want to make sure you document all of your injuries the and document is, them. That's so good, Tom. It's such yeah. good advice. And the reality is that you know, insurance companies do not want to pay. I mean, it's just no. such a scam to me that these things called insurance companies charge you all this money. You finally need them. They do everything they can to keep from paying anything. And so if you don't take these steps, then, um, you know, you're leaving a lot of money potentially at the table, aren't you? When it covers Well, if, covers if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. If you didn't document it, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're hurt, go to the damn doctor. Right. Go to the doctor and go to the doctor good soon. Yeah. Don't sit around well you know my knee's hurting my knee's hurting but it'll probably get better it's one week two weeks three weeks now you're hobbling around with a cane i probably need to go get it checked you've waited a month Toes what do you think that's going to look yeah. like yeah if you end up trying to make a claim for now the knee surgery you need yeah. well you know sir we're denying that claim i mean you know any reasonable person would have gone and well i was trying to be reasonable well, sir, the way we look at it, a reasonable person would have gone to the hospital that night. They would have seen an orthopedic within a week. Yeah. They would have done something, seen a chiropractor, physical therapist, you name it, you waited a month. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Marine. I'm going to, I was going to tough it out. Well, yeah, you're going to get to keep toughing it out <laughs> without any compensation. So again, yeah, you got your wish. Good, good for you. Uh, so, so again, document, follow up with, you know, medical help 
And again, even if you're not sure if you were at fault or the other party was at fault, well, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to have, you know, don't be a cheapskate about your health. Get out there, get treated, get seen, document. Even if you don't take, and again, if you are hurt, ride the ambulance. Yeah. Particularly if, I mean, just take the ambulance, you know, make sure that you get the treatment that you need. So good, Tom. Thank you so much. Such great advice. The other thing you had mentioned about uh, umbrella policies and umbrella yes. what uh, what can you what can you tell our listeners about that? Yes. Well, before I get to umbrellas, let me jump into uninsured, un underinsured, because it leads right into umbrellas. I am talking about me now. I'm talking about me being a dummy when I first started practicing law. I had a hundred, three hundred on my underinsured. Uh, policy, underinsured, uninsured. Mm. And that was nowhere near enough money to cover me and my family in case we were in a very, very bad accident. Uh, same with the coverages on your policies, not just uninsured and underinsured, but make sure that you have enough coverage. I was in an accident that flipped my car over on the interstate, uh, slid into a water-filled ditch. I came within a hair's breadth of having my skull caved in by the culvert, slamming into the roof of the upside-down uh, Dodge Caravan, and I realized then how little coverage I actually had. Hmm. And this was my fault. This was my comprehensive coverage. And I realized just how little coverage I had for me and the people in the vehicle. Now, you need to always make sure that you have adequate coverages, whether you're in a North Carolina is a, is a fault state. We're a contributory negligence state. There's some no fault states and other things. So again, I would direct you to you know, insurance people in your individual state, but please make sure that you have adequate coverage. And we're, when it comes to underinsured and uninsured coverage, what this means in a state like North Carolina is that you're not at fault. Somebody runs a red light, slams into your brand new RV at a high rate of speed. You've got your gap coverage. They destroy it. Okay, fine. The vehicle is going to be replaced at what you paid for it. That's great. That's taken care of. However, you and people in the car are seriously injured. The person who caused the accident has minimum coverage. In North Carolina, $30,000 per person, $60,000 per accident. You've got six people in your RV, your family. And all of a sudden, everybody is terribly hurt. You know what you have to share between all of you? $60,000, period. Not a penny more because the person who hit you is a heroin addict, is a, is a bum, is somebody that, you know, lives from paycheck to paycheck, whatever. They got nothing. You, you can't harvest their organs early. They're not worth the bullet it would take to shoot them in the head. You get nothing more from them. You get $60,000 to split between all of you and your $2 million in medical bills and your you know, one of the family members is disabled, you know, two are in wheelchairs for extended periods of time. And you can go through the scenario. Now, 
you need to make sure, and it doesn't cost a lot in North Carolina, I'm guessing the same in other states, make sure you have adequate underinsured or uninsured coverage. That means that if the person who hits you has no coverage, your, under, your uninsured coverage kicks in, pays your injuries. If the person has, like the scenario I gave you, only $30,000 per person, 60 for the entire accident, 60,000, then the underinsured comes in and takes care of your damages up to the amount of your underinsured coverage or mm -hmm. uninsured coverage. Yeah. You know, look at that somewhere in the scenario of 100 to 300, 300 to 500. See what's reasonable. And typically this stuff doesn't cost a lot. Yeah. It doesn't cost a great deal. Make sure that your insurance agent, that you've got someone you can trust, that you know, that gives you the lowdown on what you need in your particular state. Now, different states, they differ. That's why I'm telling you, make sure you talk to someone who's licensed in those areas where you're sightest so that you have the right amount of coverage. Don't be one of these people. And I run into them all the time. I probably have, James, 10 cases a year. Terrible accidents should be a fabulous return to my client for mm -hmm. the significant injuries and bills they had. And guess what happens? They've got no uninsured coverage. They waived it. Minimum uninsured, minimum underinsured. The person who hit them has no, you know, nothing to take, nothing to get. They're judgment proof and they end up getting nothing. Mm -hmm. I had one of those cases happen, $30,000 to a person crushed inside their car, hit by a heroin addict who got convicted of driving while impaired, all the stuff that was supposed to happen criminally. My client walked away with $30,000. Wow. That's the most I could do. There was nothing else I could do, period. Wow. That's because she had specifically waived her, uh, well, she, she did not have anything more than the lowest uh, required by the state. I mean, it was just, just terrible. Now, for those of you, particularly like in North Carolina, if you own a home, you can many times team up. I know that my insurance company does this for me, and it's very, very inexpensive. I have a million dollars worth of coverage under an umbrella policy which is another policy that helps kick in over and above my car insurance, auto insurance, motorcycle insurance, RV insurance, you know, all that. You want to make sure that your umbrella covers you. And again, that's what you ask your agent about. Will my umbrella cover me for my RV? An umbrella policy means that it covers not just your car, but it's like a big umbrella over your car, your house, everything. Yeah. And then if you're at fault, if you're not at fault, the beautiful thing about an umbrella policy, depending on how it's written in the state that you live in, you need to make sure you understand it. But if you're in a terrible accident, you cause it. There are lots of injuries because you fell asleep at the wheel and hit a bunch of parked cars full of people, whatever it might be, that you've got an umbrella policy to come in and cover you up to a million dollars. Yeah. I think my million dollar umbrella policy, James, I believe it cost me, you know, four or $500 a year. Yeah. It's not much. Yeah. That's in addition to the coverage I already have on my house, already have on my cars. And it, and again, talk to your agent about that. So the big takeaways are 
gap. Make sure you're covered there. If it's a brand new RV, like James says, it can lose like up to 40% of its value. You're going to get screwed there. Even if it's not your fault, they're going to pay you what it's worth. So you got to have gap coverage. Make sure that you have adequate underinsured, uninsured. That is where the person who hits you isn't covered or they don't have enough coverage. You need your own policy to kick in and take care of you and pay your medical bills, your lost wages, all that. And then third, you got to make sure that if you're driving an RV, then you're a fool if you don't have an umbrella policy to cover you, your house, your RV, your car, all that million dollars in case the worst of any of these scenarios occurs so that you're able to get taken care of and anybody who's in your vehicle, regardless of you being at fault or someone else, that you've got adequate coverages. You need to make sure you go through those three things with your insurance agent, gap coverage, underinsured, uninsured, and umbrella. Tom, you're, you're one of those guys when, when, I, when I have a conversation with you, whether we're together having a cup of coffee or um, you know, doing a podcast, I just like to sit back and listen. You've got so much wisdom in what you do, and you're such a good attorney. And I kept thinking as you were talking, this is what people need. Because what happens a lot of times is salespeople, whether it's an insurance salesperson or if it's a, a dealer, will, will, will try to sell you. That's their job. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens is you go in with this presupposition that, you know, you're going to be sold something you don't need and listening coming from you, you very, from the very get go in this podcast, you, you reminded our listeners that you're not an insurance agent. You don't have interest in an insurance company, but you're telling people what they need based on 30 years of experience in the courtroom. And, and I think that, it's this kind of research and this kind of experience that is so important when it comes to all things RV. For instance, in my position, I bring buyers and sellers together. Well, I can't tell you, Tom, how many conversations I've had with brand new buyers who don't want to get on a plane, who, uh, who are able to remotely work now and they want to travel. And so they go in and they go and they, they have their first experience. And they think I can do this and they can, but they think it's going to be like buying a car. And they go in and they pay way too much money. And then they add on and add on and add on. And then two years yep. later, what happens? They say, honey, that was a really good thing. Um, you know, uh, our sales have dropped. Uh, they're cutting back. We're going to have to cut back too. Let's sell that RV out there. And they get crushed. And all it would take is just a little bit of experience uh, and, and a little bit of time to know with someone who's got, who's got some skin in the fight, you know, that knows, okay, this is what you need. This is what you don't need. I'm saying all that to say, thank you, Tom, because you very, um, uh, I think very effectively laid out what it is that, that probably most new RVers anyway, have not even considered. And if they have a situation where they need an attorney, what's the best way And they're in North Carolina, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, even if they're not in North Carolina, I'm happy to to have them contact me and I will help them uh, find an attorney in their state. I've got some resources to help them do that. But yes, I'm licensed to practice in the the great state of North Carolina. Easiest way, uh, 
I'm a trial attorney. I'm in court every day. I love text messaging. Feel free to text me, 910-262-7401. Yes, I'm giving out my number. I give it out to my clients because I love them. <laughs> if you have a lawyer that won't give you a cell number, you got the wrong lawyer. There's, there's a reason. Uh, That's right. Yeah, well, there may be a reason. Maybe you're, the, maybe you're the reason. Maybe the guy's like, you know, this guy's such a crazy son of a gun. I ain't giving him. I ain't hey. going to let him know what town I live in. I but, said I was sorry about all that. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but 910-262-7401. Text me there. I get texts all the time. I got somebody in New Hampshire from one of my videos online wanting me to handle a speeding ticket for him. I was like, New Hampshire? Do you know what it costs for me to fly up there and sit for the bar first before I could even think about handling your speeding ticket? But I referred them on to somebody good up there to help them. But yes, so again, you're, you're right, James. Being forewarned is forearmed. And the nice thing about what you do is that you are the guy that's out there helping them cut through all. I mean, you're, you're the guy with the knowledge. It's the same thing with me when people get in accidents or they get in, in criminal trouble. I, that's the whole reason you have an attorney at law. They're also yeah. attorneys at fact. You know, they're counselors. They're people who understand what's going on and can help you cut through it. And of course, the nice thing is a good attorney, a good broker, a good anybody is worth their weight in gold because they save you so much more than they ever cost you. Amen. And uh, that, that's what right. you've got to understand. You've got to find the right person for the right job, and you've got to employ them. Because like you said, I, I don't, I, the, I, the buying experience for me, you know how I am, James. I hate even buying a car. I despise it. I want somebody who knows how to get the best deal, what the bottom line is, what I have to pay, and then get me through it, get me out the door. I don't want to sit there all day and buy stuff I don't need, have add-ons. Everything you're talking about, you know, makes you worth your weight in gold. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know you have to go, Tom. I'm so appreciative of your time. We're definitely going to have to have you come back on. I'll have a few more topics for you to, to talk about attorney uh, as an attorney, but also there's, um, our, our listeners may not know, but you actually have quite a lot of experience in trading stocks and i'd love to get your opinion on some of the rv stocks out there that are um doing pretty well along with the market up until recently um so we'll need to have you come on to talk about some other topics like this today but also uh, maybe we can talk about what's happening in the rv industry from your perspective as a as an investor um that would be that would be fun as well if you'd be willing to do that happy to happy to james well, Tom, thank you again for your time, and I appreciate You're you welcome. all listening. Um, and Tom, I'm going to give your number out again if, in case anybody needs to get a hold of you. It's 910-262-7401, my good friend and attorney. Um, we uh, traveled together, uh, and, we st and this was I was going to end with this note. Tom, we're not there yet in the RV industry, but I remember us having a conversation years ago about the day when the RVs drive themselves. That's when you're in. You're going to go and buy yes. I'll let you know That's when that it. happens. It's not there okay. yet. We're close. But it's I appreciate coming. you coming on the show, my friend. And thank you for listening to the My RV Ninja broadcast. I'll be back to see you again uh, very soon. Take care and God bless. Mm -hmm.